Hello and welcome to the Mountain Brick Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Mary and it's my pleasure on this Friday to have Matthew Hirsch continue the readings for us. We're pre-recording this, of course, but he is going to read for us again today. And then I thought, what a good opportunity to ask him a few questions at the end of the podcast. Thank you, Matthew, for continuing to read for us. My pleasure, Mary, and thank you again for having me. Today we'll start in Mark chapter 3. Again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed, from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea, and from beyond the Jordan, and from around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. And he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God! And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach, and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James to whom he gave the name Branerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus' calling of the apostles is a really cool moment for me. I really enjoy history, and there are some moments in history where I can close my eyes and in my mind's eye think about what it would like to have been there. And in Scripture, this is one of those moments for me when Jesus calls the apostles. I think it's just a a really cool uh, marker in the Scriptures. And we can trace our faith to his calling of these apostles. We all have our faith journey, just like our genealogy, back to Jesus' calling of these apostles and how they shared his good news and cast out demons comes directly to us. I think that's such a, a neat moment and that we can delineate our faith all the way back to this moment. If you will, turn with me now to the Psalms. We'll be reading Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. 
Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. This psalm and some of the other psalms that we've been reading recently uh, casts a lot of hope and confidence in me, especially in the current state of our our world. Uh, there's so many conflicts going on around the globe, and we can remember that God is sovereign, and the most important thing is his saving power among all the nations, uh, regardless of conflict that's going on and any uncertainty that's going on around our world, around our globe. Uh, there is one certain thing, and that is the Lord and his saving power. And that is so hopeful for me. Thank you so much, Matthew, for reading and for making a little commentary on the passage. I appreciate you so much. I want to hear, do you have a favorite book of the Bible or passage that you might share with us? Oh, that that's really difficult. Um, I was talking with uh, a couple of friends the other day, and... Uh, there are two that really stand out to me right now. And, and one's an Old Testament book and one's a New Testament book. And uh, it's Ecclesiastes and James. You know, the, the wisdom texts are so good and so helpful. And you would think maybe even discouraging a little bit, but it's really encouraging to realize there's nothing new under the sun and that even our troubles, it's not new to God. Uh, and then you pair that with James and talk about taking joy in our trials and how it creates the perseverance of our faith. And I kind of joked with a friend of mine recently that if you pair those two together, that that's kind of God's not-so-secret blueprint for sanctification is uh, putting that wisdom text with uh, taking joy in our trials. Um, and, and that's really... Uh, helps us, I don't want to call it the secret of life. That sounds very, you know, very silly. But like I say, I think it's God's not-so-secret blueprint for for sanctification. Matt, I was looking back, and you were on the podcast on July 9th of 2021, but a lot has happened in your life since then. Tell me a little bit more about the addition of another child in your family and maybe work transitions, things like that. Yeah, Mary, a lot has happened in, I guess that's two and a half years almost since that recording and, and this recording. Um, first, I would say if anybody wants to volunteer to read on the podcast, they should, because if you're you're rehashing people, you're getting getting folks back around. <laughs> if anybody's not done it that's uh, uh, a member of Mountain Brook Baptist Church and you're interested, please talk to Mary. Um, it's really fun. Again, thank you again for having me. It's, it's really a joy to do it. Um, yeah, a lot's happened in in life recently. I'm still with the same company, um, but I've had a, a role change since then. So um, I was dealing, working directly with with customers, being a customer facing representative at uh, a regional bank here based in in town, and uh, doing more analyst type work now with them. And it's been a good change. Um, it's helped 
uh, fit our family and our lifestyle here recently because I had uh, an infant daughter, I guess, the, the last time that I recorded, and now she is about to be three, Eliza Ruth. And we have, as I'm recording this, a three-month-old son, Theodore. Um, and they are a joy. Tell me a little bit about what Eliza Ruth is into or what milestones she's experiencing right now. Oh, goodness. Um, well, we love Bluey. Bluey is uh, great. If, if you listen to the last time I recorded the podcast, Mary asked me about history and loving history and national parks. And now our time is devoted with Bluey and Muppet Babies. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. It's, it's wonderful. Probably my, my favorite times are our nightly routine after dinner. We, uh, if the sun is out, take a walk. We get back home, watch a couple of episodes of Bluey. She's sitting in my lap the whole time. And then we uh, start our, our nighttime routine with our kids. And I, I love that. It's just some of my favorite times. Tell me a little bit about Theo. Um, as we're recording this, he is a little over three months old. So his personality is just starting to come out a little bit. Um, he's very smiley. We already know he loves his sister a lot. And she loves him a lot, and that's really good. She is all toddler, and sometimes we like to joke that he is the favorite person of hers in our house. Um, so I imagine once he becomes more mobile, we might be in trouble. There might, there <laughs> might be a lot of mischief between the two of them. Last time we didn't talk about the stream team because I think you weren't on the stream team at that point. Maybe you were. I don't know. But tell me a little bit about that ministry and and what you like about it. Is it hard? How it works? And then maybe how people could get involved. That's another one. I, I was joking about how anybody that wants to volunteer to read the the Project One Nineteen readings with uh, with you, Mary. If you're interested in streaming, please reach out to Joel and Micaiah. Um, because we could use as much help as, as we could with that ministry. It's really great. It's not very hard to, uh, to follow along. It's pretty self-explanatory as far as clicking through which cameras uh, to use. I'm not going to get super technical here in, in describing it. Um, but a couple of the things that I like about it is it actually helps my worship and uh, because you're in the streaming booth, there's nothing around you that could cause distraction necessarily unless you're having difficulty with the stream, which doesn't always happen. Sometimes it does, but there are folks there to help you with that. But it does remove distractions, help you worship. Um, you can focus on the music. You can focus on the message. And um, it's a really great opportunity to serve and worship at the same time, which there are different ways to do it if you're in the choir. But th this is a really unique way to, to really help out and, uh, and serve um, and reach people that might not be able to be physically in attendance. Um, you think of the people that it can reach and how great of a ministry it is. Uh, I'm really glad that I've been able to, to start being a part of that, that group. Speaking of being a part of a group, I know that you have a growth group that you're a part of. Tell us about that group. Um, yeah, it's the, the Bob Baker group, we like to, to call it. Um, 
he's kind of led it for the past few years and we've kind of kept the same core group of men in that group. And one of the things that I love about being a part of a growth group, because I've been a part of that group for, for some time now, isn't just that it's a Bible study. You know, it's one thing to say, well, I'm going to, to a men's Bible study. I'm going to my men's Bible study. Um, a growth group is a more committed, um, it's going to sound strange saying this about a, a men's group, but intimate group where we can be very authentic with each other, be very transparent with each other. Um, and that helps us hold each other accountable. That helps us pray for each other. Um, and if, again, I, I feel like I'm selling a lot of things here with the church in this podcast, but if you're not a part of a growth group here at Mountain Brook Baptist Church, I would strongly suggest it. It is a great way to help become a stronger disciple and really get connected with other folks here in the church. I know that you have a heart for missions as well. Tell me about one of our mission partners that you're involved with and and why you find it important. Absolutely. Um, I have recently been helping Miss Joe Wills with the Sowing Seeds of Hope ministry. And if you're not familiar with that ministry, you might hear it uh, referred to as our, our Perry County ministry. Um, Perry County is a very special place for me. Um, when you think of how we're called to go to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, um, sometimes we think about Mountain Brook in the Birmingham area as Judea. We think about going to the ends of the earth and, and some of the mission trips that we do internationally. Um, but serving here in our state that might not be extremely close is still extremely important. And Perry County is really special place to me because my grandfather served as a bivocational uh, preacher minister in Perry County. Um, it is a, a poor part of our state. Uh, there's a lot of needs and a lot of opportunity for us to love uh, those people in that part of the state. What is one way that we as a congregation can be involved in this ministry? Well, there are several ways. Um, You'll see more than likely uh, when we do our Thanksgiving lunch, our congregation-wide Thanksgiving lunch, there'll be an opportunity to pick up a shoebox to uh, basically have a a Christmas gift for um, people that that need Christmas gifts, kids that need Christmas gifts in, in that part of our state. If you'd like to to help out, we'll be taking some Thanksgiving holiday type food uh, down to Marion, which is in Perry County, to the the Sowing Seeds of Hope Center. Um, I know that some of the needs are uh, like pie filling, cranberry sauce, any sort of like non-perishable canned food that that might fit uh, a holiday type of meal. We'll be taking those down to Perry County to fill holiday bags um, for people to be able to, to make their holiday meal. And, um, you know, they might not get to have a, a big warm meal all the time, but this gives them an opportunity to do it over the holidays. So if you'd like to help out, you know, feel free to bring by something like that to the, uh, the church office or um, you can reach out to me or Miss Joe Wills and uh, feel free to ride down with us and, and help uh, load some some brown paper bags, grocery sacks, with some holiday food for the people of Perry County. 
Thank you, Matthew, for serving in so many ways. I want to do a few get-to-know-you questions. Are you more of a mountains guy or a beach guy? Boy, that's maybe changed <laughs> over the past few years. I, I like both. That's the, the thing. I used to be hardcore mountains guy, but I have an aunt that recently moved to the beach, so we have a free place to stay at the beach now, which is great. I am still a history nerd, so... Anywhere there's a, a historic site, I am all in. So if we go to the mountains, which is where Amy is from, uh, there's some Revolutionary War battlefields near there where you're from, Mary. Yes. Cowpens. Battle of Cowpens. Uh, that that Look is it up. one of my favorite uh, historic places to visit is uh, is Cowpens Battlefield. And then my aunt lives near Fort Pickens. Uh, in Florida near Pensacola. So uh, as long as I have a place to go like that to really scratch that history itch, um, I'm good with either the mountains or the beach. They're, They're both a lot of fun and have a lot to offer. Okay, with Thanksgiving coming up this month, what are some of your favorite comfort foods? Oh, I, I love food. So, um, we were having a a work event the other day and this was a very Your question is very similar to an icebreaker question that we had at work. And it dawned on me how closely food is tied to memory. Um, So I like all sorts of foods. But when I was a kid, I remember going on holidays to my grandparents' house. And we had to get there really early because my mom helped my grandma cook. And so usually a lot of those foods I got to to test or try before the entire family, all my cousins and aunts and uncles got there. I distinctly remember uh, my mom makes this orange cake and she makes it for my birthday and then she'll also make it for either Thanksgiving or Christmas sometimes. And when I was a kid, uh, we'd get there early and I would sit there with my people and he would fix him a cup of coffee and we'd sit at the kitchen table and eat probably a third of this cake between the (laughs) two of us while my mom and my grandma would cook before anybody else got there because it was it was both of our favorite cakes. Okay, last little get to know you. What's your favorite thing about fall? There's a lot to like about fall. Um, fall is my favorite season. Um, the promise of cool weather, we live in Alabama, so it's not <laughs> always cool. As we're recording this, it's going to be 80 degrees today, uh, and it is the fall technically. Um, but the promise of cool weather... Changing leaves are favorite. Why, it's why mountains might have a little edge to to the beach for your your previous question. Um, Going to be a, my birthday is in the fall. Awesome. So I, I like that. And then also uh, I like the the fall holidays. Pe- people give me grief. Uh, Amy and I kind of have a, a little bit of a disagreement in our house because she loves Christmas because of all the Christmas things, especially the Advent Guide and Living Nativity, I'm a Thanksgiving guy. I think that Thanksgiving is like Christmas without all the stress. <laughs> so uh, it's all food, all football. You don't have to worry about gift giving. Um, I, I'm a Thanksgiving guy. And it's uh, if you really think about being thankful to the Lord during Thanksgiving, it uh, really takes on a new meaning. I love that. Matt, as we end today, I want to ask you one more question. Has there been a time or a season where you felt palpably the power or the presence of the Holy Spirit? 
there several times, um, but I'm going to say probably as much or more here recently, just seeing my family and as it's grown here recently. Uh, I was mentioning earlier about some of my favorite times are when Amy's feeding Theodore and I'm holding Eliza Ruth in my lap or watching Bluey and that's just our family time. And, uh, and I really feel it because that's an answer to prayer. Just, uh, you know, having my family and having us all together under one roof and just spending quality time with each other. Sometimes it can be really hard. Sometimes Theodore doesn't want to sleep through the night. Sometimes Eliza Ruth is um, all toddler and can definitely be in a mood. Um, and Amy and I were joking, you know, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. But it, it really is wonderful. It's it's what I've prayed for is to have uh, have a family and um, can definitely see the Holy Spirit in having a wonderful wife, having beautiful children. It's uh, absolutely an answer to prayer. You mentioned your bedtime routine just as a follow-up to that. Tell us what you guys do with Eliza Ruth as she is preparing to go to sleep, and maybe you could just walk us through that as a time of prayer for us as well. Sure. You know, we, um, after we watch Bluey, we go upstairs and we start bath time. And after we get out of, uh, out of the bath, something that we do, and, and we started very early with Eliza Ruth, even when she was in the womb, and we've done this with Theodore, is we typically either read a Bible story or we read a devotion from thoughts that make your heart your heart sing. And then after that, we will sing the doxology and we'll say the Lord's Prayer. And um, my three-year-old knows both of them by heart already. I feel like I'm bragging here doing that. But just that consistency, she already knows both of those. And uh, it's very special to us that we're putting that on her heart already and hopefully on Theodore's heart already because he's uh, become a part of that recently as well. How appropriate then for us to end our time together with the Lord's Prayer. Absolutely. If you will pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever. Amen.